Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, so, dear, tell me, how do you feel about fascists? I feel strongly. I feel strongly inclined to run or protect my life. Yeah, not a great fan either, but uh, that's sort of what we're going to talk about today, because after uh, discussing the centrist bloc around Macron and then the leftist bloc, uh, it only makes sense to talk about the third uh, polarized bloc of French politics, which is a far right. So it means that there will probably be a bit less jokes, uh, but... Uh, But yeah, to start with, it has to be underlined that uh, that the far-right uh, nationalist and xenophobic bloc has been increasing um, gradually since it, uh, since it started emerging in the 80s. Uh, in the last presidential election, uh, Marine Le Pen was again in the second round. Uh, and and she made uh, close to 42% of voters in the second round, that 30, 13 million people voting for her. It's the best course. She's and the population of France is that of uh, 50, 60 million? Uh, yeah, see, 65, 65 million. So that's... Uh, so yeah, it's considerable. There's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, in some aspect, the French far right uh, look a lot like uh, the nationalist movement emergence in uh, in Europe, uh, as you can see in uh, in Hungary, Poland. Um, but it also has its very own uh, historical specificities, and especially if we had the question that does France has a specific problem with racism, <laughs> the answer uh, is yes. And it's also a lot connected to very specific French aspects of uh, of history. And obviously, we won't be able to cover everything because the far right in France, it's a huge galaxy also of uh, small movement, um, dissident groups, uh, divisions. But, uh, but the central role of the Front National and especially how pervasive it is now, I think it's also something that uh, that we need to, to discuss on this show. It is interesting to reflect that I believe I have the perspective that the French far right or the French uh, extreme right has been present for longer than the current movement of far right uh, rising, right? It's much, much longer. Uh, the surname Le Pen has been present in the news cycles of my childhood. I remember it been mentioned i don't remember what was being mentioned but it was uh, it was present by, oh yeah it's a uh, it's a very long history actually if we want to go all the way back the sort of birthplace of the french far right is the french revolution because as soon as the french revolution happened you had a reaction and and it's during the french revolution that the terminology right and left appears uh, actually and And from the get-go, you had groups that were uh, against the French Revolution, against uh, dem democracy, social progress. So the first far right was the was the extreme uh, royalist right that wanted to do away with the progress of the revolution and wanted to go back to the absolute monarchy. So obviously they failed, and then um, and then the monarchist far right evolved uh, over the time, but but it started 
yeah, as early as the 19th century. And regarding the Front National, it, um, it was founded in 1972. Uh, it was actually uh, supposed to be the legalist uh, election uh, election party of uh, of a neo-fascist group that was dissolved uh, in '73. That was called uh, Ordre Nouveau, and that was founded by former partisans of uh, of uh, the French Algeria, so who were against. Uh, sorry, the, sorry, yeah. I'm getting lost. So the Front National was founded in 1972. Yeah, and it was the new parliamentary representation for a group that was dissolved when? Uh, in 73, so the year after it was founded. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, ironic in a way. Um, yeah, what's, what's most important here... And what was the context for... The, was it part of... Was it during the Algier uh, independence? Uh, no, uh, it was uh, the independence of Algeria happened in 62. Mm -hmm. uh, and and the former uh, the former uh, groups that were against uh, the independence and especially former uh, fighters uh, soldiers in the in the war in Algeria uh, Jean-Marie Le Pen when uh, the main character in this story uh, fought in Algeria and those people who were uh, who were pissed that Algeria got its independence then evolved in extremist radical neo-fascist groups. Um, Something to understand here is that for most of history, the French far right was uh, anti-parliamentary because parliamentary re uh, representation is democratic and the culture of the far right is more you have uh, one leader, either the king or, uh, or, um, or the leader of the army and the notion and, and to this day, the notion of uh, participating in elections and getting representation, it's really not part of the far right culture. But in the 70s, they decided to, to start having uh, a public party, a public facade and to run for election, not necessarily to win election because they were an extreme minority at this point, but just to have a platform to occupy the media space. And that was what uh, that was what the objective was. And the and the founders of the of the Front National, a lot of them came from uh, neo fascist um, from neo fascist movement. Uh, quite a lot of them were um, were former um, uh, supporters of the Nazis during World War II, uh, especially survivors from uh, what is called the Division Charlemagne, which was a branch of the uh, the French branch of the Waffen SS. So, French volunteers. In the Waffen SS, that uh, what is the Waffen SS? The SS, the oh, German yeah, Nazi, <laughs> the, the German Nazi SS. Yes. Um, so yeah. So just uh, this is just to emphasize that the roots of the Front National are neo-fascist because the Front National has known a lot of mutations. But to these days, you will have some people having the discourse that no, but the Front National, it's not really far right. They decry. The, the label of far right saying that no we are the um, uh, because of the stigma attached to it so they say no no we are the we are the radical right we are the we are the patriotic right uh, but but yeah the origin of the Front National is in the neo-fascist movement following the loss of the colonies and especially Algeria. Uh, their roots and program was always authoritarian, uh, xenophobic and racist. And, and in the past decades, they've tried to, they've tried to 
smooth uh, this aspect to win the election and it's been a, a very successful strategy we'll get back to it uh, but yeah there's this uh, this neo fascist route is very important to remember and and to underline because some people are trying to actually put this under the rug but i'm going to kind of bring us to a bit of a both sideism in the sense of <laughs> yes that's uh, where they started and that's the but if we want to give uh, melenchon the benefit of the doubt of, yes, he started in a very Bolshevik, uh, uh, USSR siding uh, camp, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, we could also give the benefit of the doubt to the extreme right and say, yes, they started in the SS, but uh, there has been 70 years, 70 years uh, since then. And... Uh, And, uh, and there's been a lot of evolution. There's been, a, and I am quite confident that uh, even though I would not approve either of the of many of the of the policies, and I'll share also a bit of my of my mind in more in an international extreme right rising. But uh, but it's true that to be fair, if we want to be fair, <laughs> we we could engage with the idea of yes. That's where they started, but there's been decades of evolution of persons evolving throughout their his their political history. Yeah, that's true, and and actually that's also one thing with the with the Front National, which has been recently renamed uh, Rassemblement National, uh, but I'll keep calling it Front National for uh, for simplicity. Um, the fact is that ideologically it has shown that it's very flexible because their objective. So, it's just sorry, to, it's, you it's, have the three R's. Now, you have Rassemblement National, you have uh, Reconquête, and you have Renaissance by Macron. Yes, and the, and the Conservative Party rebranded itself uh, Les Républicains, the Republicans, oh, uh, not long ago. So the yeah. four R's. Yeah, there's an R fetish in uh, <laughs> in in party branding what can i say um but yeah what's that that's that's a very good uh, a very good point that the far right has always been very flexible ideologically because again the objective is power and the objective especially is to get public public funding because uh because the front national it's also a matter of dynasty it is a le pen dynasty so jean-marie le pen the founder was 38 years president of the front national and uh, and paid for paid for that and with a couple of uh, of electoral mandates and uh, and Marie le pen took the succession in uh, in 2011 and most of the main uh, positions in the front national are people from the family or or close to or close to the family so it's a very tight knit network around the, around the le pen family and um and until the fall of the berlin wall uh, jean marie le pen's position was actually rather uh, rather liberal pro american uh, and strongly anti communist until uh, when uh, until the until the end of the cold war until the fall of the mm -hmm. berlin wall especially jean marie le pen was a huge fan of ronald reagan uh, and and was very open about this and the and how not <laughs> and the and the ultra liberal mo model uh, 
was uh, was defended by the Front National, but after the after the fall of the of the Berlin Wall and especially in the in the 2000 and uh, following the economic crisis, the the ideological focus was more on uh, a nationalist against a uh, globalized world. So they, they really targeted the disenfranchised uh, working class population, especially suffering for disindustrialization and, uh, and job outsourcing and job loss. And then they went for uh, nationalist protectionist against, uh, against globalist. Um, but what remained ideologically from the 80s, uh, because that, that's how they built their platform was, uh, anti-immigration and security focus. So with the, with the whole discourse being, uh, anti-immigration with the idea that there's a massive, uh, immigration wave that's going to, that's going to drown France, that we need to. Immigration wave from the former colonies. Uh, mostly. yeah. That's yes. the, that's the, the problematic immigration. Yeah, especially, well. French racism was uh, was not that distinctive because uh, because after World War One uh, the first wave of immigration that we had were uh, Italian Portuguese and then we had some Eastern European immigra immigration wave but now the the focus on immigration is uh, is yeah well, especially African North African immigration and and also uh, and also connected with a very strong Islamophobia well, um, I feel that I've been swindled. Spain has always uh, been my my cultural uh, upbringing uh, in as a, in the Spanish culture has always brought me to think of the French as the rival and the French don't even think of Spain as a rival. It's uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, no, the, these days uh, these days we. Absolutely love uh, the Spanish and Italians, but uh, but for a while you send uh, us your best politicians oh, to no. <laughs> have careers there. Yes, exactly. That <laughs> um, is so. Um, so yeah, the the core of focus on immigration, insecurity, and especially feeding on the fear of immigration and insecurity has been the one constant. Uh, what's interesting and is... And that's been part of the discourse since the 80s, you're saying? Yes, exactly. Because uh, in the, 80, the 80s was uh, when the, the economic crisis really starting uh, taking hold with, uh, with uh, the, oil, uh, the oil shock and the oil crisis, so the increase of, of oil prices. That's when unemployment started to rise, uh, to rise in France. Um, so that's when uh, that's also when the first uh, anti-racist movement started coming in France. Uh, first uh, first part of the eighties. So as a reaction, there was this very strong exploitation of uh, of uh, of fear of immigration, uh, um, um, identity identity issue, um, with a huge focus on the cultural battle to uh, to put the immigration issue in the center of the political deba debate. And, and that's when it started taking hold. And, and this and this has really, really been the constant. Uh, and it is funny to to think that if during my teenage years, I had the perspective that France had it figured out. I think I've told you this before. I yes. don't know if I did if I did during the previous podcast, but but we had the the perspective of in Spain we sack at integration and accepting uh, uh, diversity minorities or uh, immigration Im immigrant cultures and whatnot meaning uh, 
poor immigrant cultures, not, uh, of course, not the Americans or not, uh, or not the Northern Europeans, but uh, poorer uh, immigrant cultures we suck at, it, at integrating. And France was uh, part of, at least the image was that France was 20 years ahead, was 30 years ahead and had it all figured out for how to integrate and build a Republican society in which everyone is an equal. Yeah, well, actually, it's um, that, that's at least the discourse that France wants to have. So I'm not afraid that you would have this perspective because, uh, because in the political discourse, that's really a core idea, the, the notion of French universalism, um, the, the idea that, uh, that anyone can come to France and once you become a citizen, you're, uh, you're, you're French no matter what. But the but the but you need to the, convert. No, it's like yes. like converting to Christianism. Exactly. So that that's the that's the nasty hidden truth is that yes, uh, yes, you have to show proof of assimilation. And how and, do you do that? Uh, how many croissants do you have to eat every week? Well, that that the thing is that the notion of French identity, like any identity notion is extremely vague and and as soon as you start asking okay but how do you define it and and anti-racist activists especially point out the the former colonies that we still have the caribbean caribbean islands saying that but the the population of this culture are french definitely but they they are not part of the of the dominant culture so are you going to call them not french and and of course as soon as you ask okay but how do you define being french the usually the the far right people they start stumbling and they have all but you uh, there's also a huge focus on on secularism which is also very hypocritical because there's a lot of structures and tradition that we have that are very much catholic but you know since it's if it's Christian, it's not the same. Uh, so yeah, there's this sort of hypocrisy of of French universalism, but with a very narrow focus on everything that uh, and and no head should uh, should come should come up. So everything that manifests a bit too much a different a different culture uh, and especially different religion. Uh, and again, Islam has been uh, has been a huge a huge focus with this. Uh, it's not. It's not really French, and that's uh, and that's where you get uh, you get a, a lot a lot of tensions. So I would like to talk a bit about what are the policy proposals now? What where are they standing now? So it's all good and well that we talk about the history. Where is it coming? And of course, it conditions what we do. What do we grow into? And what where do we evolve to? But where are they standing today? Yeah, so one thing to one thing to underline is oftentimes the program, the the details of the programs are very vague because because again, most of the time it's about uh, it's about occupying the occupying the media field. But uh, like I said, so starting from a very uh, liberal um, uh, spot in the eighties. Uh, in later years, and especially uh, since Marine Le Pen took over the, the party in 2011, uh, there has been a turn with the idea of, uh, of dédiabolisation. So it means literally uh, taking, taking the devil out, so making the party more respectable, more, pal more palatable, uh, seeming le less dangerous. And, um, and the way they've done that is uh, especially to consolidate their uh, popular working class vote 
is to have a bit of a more uh, social turn, uh, so for policies uh, protecting the protecting the work. The for example, do you have some clear um, yeah, examples we, of these policies that they are proposing to protect the the working class? Yeah, with the with the idea. So. Again, it's very vague, but they they sort of align with uh, with um, uh, if not raising minimal wage, at least uh, sustaining uh, sustaining minimal wage. Uh, uh, so and that that's where the that's where the Front National is in a contradiction because they also want to get the bourgeois vote, which is where they are uh, historically weak. And part of their normalization uh, enterprise was to try to to try to placate uh, the bourgeois class and especially the private companies. So they're not going to say openly that they are going to raise the minimum wage, but they have this sort of very convoluted discourse about uh, about uh, protecting the protecting the purchasing powers of the of the lower class. And but usually it always boils down giving back the dignity to the working class and. Uh, so more using maybe phrases that it's easy to infer that they are going to rise the minimum wage, yeah. but not uh, committing to specific policies. In yeah, exactly. And, and in classic far-right fashion, there's always this uh, implicit discourse in uh, we're going to stop immigration and it's going to solve a lot of problems. We're going to... We're going to save uh, public money that is uh, that is spent on on immigrants, uh, and then we're going to reinvest it in in public services for the for the working class. So, uh, so it's yeah very uh, very limited far right discourse. In uh, we're going to control immigration, and everything is going to be to be solved after that. Great. So I think. This will do for the first episode on the far right, and we'll be back in no time. Yes, thank you. <laughs>